Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we are going to be bringing you the episode of Ryan Larson. Another very frustrating case. Looking for any details about this case was actually pretty upsetting because I couldn't find much about it at all. So what better way to have eyes and ears on this case and make a podcast episode? It was placed on social media, however, not as much as I feel should be out there on this case. His name sounds pretty familiar. A lot of people have requested his case, haven't they? Yeah, there's actually many, many people who've been requesting this, which is why we're doing this episode today. It's another one that definitely is going to really pull at your heartstrings, especially those of you that are parents to autistic kids. Now, Ryan Larson went missing May 17th of 2021, leaving La Vista West Elementary School in Nebraska. He was last seen wearing a black jacket, blue jeans, an old navy shirt, and a polka dot umbrella. Ryan also suffers from autism and was last known in the vicinity of his school at approximately 12 p.m. Now, according to what we were able to find on Ryan Larson, it looks like He decided to leave his school on his own free will at the time. No Amber Alert, but an endangered missing advisory was put out. He was changing from different classes at the last time he was seen. Now, there is all kinds of information on how confusing this story is, but we're going to try to pinpoint all the correct documentation. So there was a sighting near KFC, which is an approximate 11 minute walk from his school. Now there's a second sighting of him, which was at his apartment complex. Now they were able to find an umbrella that did match the description of his umbrella. The particular umbrella was extremely important to him. It was a gift from his older sister before she had moved out. Now they were also able to find Ryan's DNA on this umbrella. So they feel at some point he had stopped there where it was dropped off. The umbrella was actually placed a little bit beside the apartment complex garbage bin. They also seen search engines on YouTube, but not sure where they were found. Perhaps maybe at his school, Ryan searched up how to hide from police and also how to avoid being spotted. According to his IEP, he was to be watched at all times and had ran away from this particular school in the past. Now, this isn't the first time this school has lost him. The teacher was late and the first one had left. He took that opportunity to bolt. The secretary was actually the last person to see him leave the school. She did call him out by his name, but he kept on walking and she did not follow him. I don't really understand what kind of supervision this is. Like, it was clearly outlined in his IEP that he's to be watched at all times. I don't get why the secretary just didn't go after him. Or even the fact that the teacher didn't stick around or, or wait, right. you know? Exactly. The teacher wait till the other one showed up. Like, this kid should not have had any opportunity to even be alone. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. The kid leaves school and the secretary's all like, well, see you later. I definitely would have got up and chased him down. Specifically, everybody really should be all on the same page when it comes to a student with disabilities because they will do something at the whim if they feel like they want to. So if it says all supervision at all times, everybody in the school should have been on board. Yeah, and when it comes to Ryan's history, he had definitely been an active kid 
when it comes to running away and hiding. But it never got to a point where he had been missing for days on end. He also started running away since 2014 from this school. Also want to mention that this kid had actually run away three times in a two-week span. Now, there was no information available really explaining why he runs from school or what his triggers were. They may have listed it in the actual IEP, but the information was not found from our research to state that. Ryan, on this particular day, from what they state was he was having problems with a math problem and he started getting extremely frustrated. And in his IEP, it outlined that when Ryan gets frustrated, he needs to be removed from the classroom into a classroom by himself or a room by himself with an adult supervising him till he calms down, which is exactly what happened this particular day. He was having a trouble, went to the room, and then this new teacher was supposed to relieve the one that was sitting with him. Other teacher left. He was left alone. New teacher showed up late. When she showed up, Ryan was already gone. You know, I'm also sensing that Ryan was left alone quite a few different times, not just in these instances, with other children as well. And I feel like kids used to trigger him too. But we'll talk about that a little later. It was also outlined in the lawsuit as well, you're absolutely right, that this was not the first time Ryan was left alone in a room and caused him to run away. Gotcha. So when Ryan decided to go back to his apartment complex, he did realize that he did not have keys to get into his apartment. The police were pretty active in their search and tried every single possible outlet they could to bring him home and safe. Now, a digital billboard was placed for him to be found. I think that was a great idea. Really helps other people be more aware. Maybe Ryan seeing his own face and realizing, hey, that's me. I should go home. The entire community did come together to search for him as they didn't feel like he would be that far. They decided to look everywhere they possibly could. Now, the neighbors were doing their part, hopefully to encourage Ryan to come home. One neighbor at the end of his driveway, you know, he would make pleas to the missing sixth grader, letting him know that the water is there for him. He's not in trouble. He is missed by the community. He is loved and it's OK for him to come back home. The police put together a search party at the creek near Brookhaven. The police also went door to door at his apartment complex. K-9 units were also utilized. They were also hoping that a small group might be, you know, less intimidating for Ryan if he was in fact hiding. Which is a great idea. Now, it sounds like they were trying all the methods they could for him, which was good to change it up. But sadly, still nothing. The family wanted to remain private because the backlash that has gone on with missing person cases in the past. They were actually advised by somebody, perhaps a lawyer or somebody, to go in that direction. And, I mean, they got it anyway. Because the family decided to, you know, do that, they received backlash in abundance. There isn't any videos or anything leading them to find their son and a lot of social media, you know, struggle with that. They think, why? Why aren't you pleading for your child? Because it's a normal thing in the media, but each and every family is different. Now, a false report for an arrest indicating that someone was arrested and he was found. This was also a big time waster. I also want to mention like some 
family members not coming forward can be suspicious, but in this case, I'm not feeling that way at all. Now, the canines indicated that Walnut Creek is where the hits were for Ryan's scent. From the last time he was seen in the classroom till the time that people started looking for him, according to the school, was less than five minutes. They looked in a building first to see if they could find him and immediately contact the police, also contacting the mother as well. Now, Ryan had cut off his Project Lifesaver that he had on him months before he went missing. It was kind of like a radio tracker. Yeah, and some of his medication is not life-threatening without it. However, some of his medication did help with a seizure disorder he had. Well, I would say seizure medication is kind of, if you don't have it, it could be life-threatening. I work in this field and some of them, you never know with a seizure, could really be dangerous. I'm thinking from what I had seen, it wasn't that he had seizures often. Now, a little later on, Ryan's sister comes forward to deal with all the criticism of the family's choices on social media and how she broke the silence against it because how terrible people were being. And the poor mother was also barely getting by at this time. They weren't sure if he had a backpack or not with him either, by the way. And a lot of people were worried that because the umbrella was found by his place of residence by the dumpster, they feel like he may really be hiding somewhere around that area. Or in the dumpster. They did do a pretty thorough investigation with the garbage. They were able to determine that the garbage had been taken to a processing center and to be dumped, and they did not see any body-shaped garbage being dumped. Now, trash bins, the lids were not heavy. It was a plastic lid, so he would have been able to get in and out of it pretty okay. And let's face it, they do not like to do landfill checks. I just recently found out it's because it can take like approximately 78 months with a full-time staff around the clock constantly searching to check the landfill. That's a lot of time and that's a lot of dedicated time people to do that a full-time job. Who can do that without getting paid, you know? The other odd thing people are complaining about is how the mother and family have decided that they want to declare Ryan legally dead. Now, the real reason behind this is because they want to sue the school in relation to Ryan's disappearance. And in order for them to do that, they would have to legally classify him as deceased. Now, I agree that the family definitely should be pressing this matter only because they need some sort of blame for this and why their son went missing and it wasn't their fault as their son was not in their care at the time he was supposed to be in the school's care absolutely this case bothers me so much definitely bugs me too how wouldn't it bother you i mean it bothers me a lot more because i do work in this field it bothers me because you know after he left the school no one knew nothing either no one seen anything I know the teachers come up a lot in this story, and they have a huge part in screwing up, for sure. I also feel like they're hiding a few things as well. Now, it does seem pretty odd. How do you just miss a kid in school, you know, nowadays? Now, with Timothy Pitson, his mother had to sign him out. How does one school just simply lose a child? Now, it scares people, you know, when you assume that your kid is going to go to school you don't expect your kid to get lost on the school's watch. It means that they just definitely dropped the ball on this. Oh, yeah. It's it's mind-blowing, honestly. 
Now, have you felt Ryan at all? Gosh. Well, for starters, I want to mention that I do remember last year, same week I ended up covering the Lost Boys of Pickering, I had originally scheduled to do Ryan. However, it had been too soon. So I'm so glad to get the opportunity to do it now. But I'll tell you, it was not an easy journey connecting with Ryan at all. So you want to tell us how? It was crazy to me because two weeks ago, we did an episode on Zach Brilly, and I had closed that I had never come across a spirit that was still connected to their former autistic self, I guess. With Ryan, he's still attached to his former self, which I believe means that he hasn't crossed over yet, and it's been hard to get details from him directly. Well, that's definitely a tough one. Well, let's do what we can. Absolutely. Obviously, I feel like he had passed on. That's a given. He wants to go over his day. Now, he's showing me all of his work. Apparently, he had a rough year the year before. This particular school year, he shows me he was doing much better in school. He was having less meltdowns, less related class meltdowns. And most importantly, he was not running as frequently except that, you know, little stint of two and a half weeks. Even with all the changes at home, he was doing really good, as good as he could be. Sounds like he was pretty proud of that. He really was. Still proud. He shows me that this particular day, he was not having a good day at all. Now, he had missed out on a phone call or something. Didn't work out like the night before. So he was already having like a pretty triggersome day to start off with. I get that. Now, I know personally from my own brother, they like their routine. And if something screws up with that, can definitely flip their mood very quickly. Yeah. And he shows me he was already having a bad day. He also shows me that he might have had like a brief moment with a male teacher, not necessarily this particular day, but recently. Looks like he was an older gentleman with glasses, definitely dressed up more than a teacher would normally dress up nowadays for school. I see like a suit and tie, all gray. Anyways, he didn't really know him well from what he shows me. And he showed me this guy had really bad breath and he was having some triggersome moments with him. Maybe he even had interacted with him briefly this day. He was getting more and more angry as the morning had carried on. And none of the teachers had noticed this? The last one that had seen him, I do believe witnessed something just at the tail end of it. I believe the teacher had seen him reacting to something happening with other students. Do we know what he was reacting to? Kids are mean. I see that these kids were bugging him, like making fun of him in ways that the teachers didn't notice, like smirking, kicking his chair... Looks like a taller boy, someone who was a jerk, but, you know, pretends to be a likable kid. That's what he shows me. Anyway, the kid made Ryan feel uncomfortable often. This day, he was mocking him and the teacher, like, caught the tail end of the, you know, mocking and redirected Ryan to stop reacting. Of course, didn't say anything to the other kid, but, you know, whatever. I would say she did a really half-ass redirection and reason she really noticed Ryan in the first place, she wasn't really paying attention to him up until that point. Now, 
what my confusion is with that is if she knew that he was a flight risk, why wouldn't this particular teacher that he was sitting with stay, especially if he was already escalated? I'm going to say that she was distracted by her other places, I guess she needed to be. So the school said that he was only gone for about five minutes before they noticed that he just wasn't there. Now, is that true? I would say between six and seven minutes. Ryan shows me that the other teacher was preoccupied to notice that he had walked out the door. I feel like he hung a left as well as he left the entrance. Now, he leaves the school, obviously. Did he actually end up going to KFC? He really does skip this part. It's really hard to follow along. So he doesn't, he's not interested in talking about the community, this particular situation or event. Anything along those lines, I had a very hard time retracing his steps with him. He actually kind of seemed frustrated when it came to talking about where he went because apparently he had done this route before. He's gone in this direction before and everyone should know where he likes to go. So I'm not sure. Well, what does he show you? He shows me that he was really mad and wanted to like run away for good. He was not looking back. He didn't want to go to school anymore. He shows me he did look up running away and how to get away with it because he wanted to not get spotted. And this was, you know, that time that he didn't want anyone to find him. Well, let's try a different way. Did he find a good hiding spot? Yes, he said it's his secret place that no one is allowed to know about except super special private operative coalition agents. Well, tell him that we promise not to tell anyone where that secret spot is unless he wants us to. That's a great idea for sure. He keeps showing me that he hurt himself like on his journey. He shows me a cliff and falling. And as I looked deeper and deeper into this, I felt like he had fallen off maybe a curb or some sort of divot. And I'm seeing that he hurt himself for sure. So my next question to him would have been, who is all in this special coalition? Like, is your dad in here or your grandpa or the your only, friend Billy? Like, the only person he shows me is this like really special cop. I don't know, maybe a neighborhood cop or someone he got along very well with. And definitely the neighbor. His neighbor was also part of his club. Interesting. Now, does he give you any sort of indication where he might have been around when he did hurt himself? <sighs> He's showing me that he hurt himself. And as soon as he hurt himself, he kind of stopped being interested in hiding. He didn't want to play this game anymore. He is telling me that he didn't stay because he got hungry. And he also has a friend named Connor up there with him as well. Just wanted to put that out there. Anyway, which is why I believe he did end up heading back home. Because he's refusing to show me his hideout. But I can tell you is that he looks like he was able to hide whatever it was, like some sort of rock and tree branch. He was also able to like go underneath it so no one could see him, which is how he shows me he got injured. I see that as soon as the injury took place, he was like in instant, I need my mom, I need my sister mode. And also, you know, he was hungry and he didn't really have perception of that specific time other than what his tummy was telling him. So now what is his mood at this time? A little panicked. I believe he had passed by someone who had given him, him like an inkling of their time. 
he shows me he started to rush a little bit like it looks like there was like a stranger or somebody around him which is like as soon as he saw the stranger he like bolted so it makes sense with him not being able to communicate with people then there were multiple people that he had seen along the way which is confusing because no one had said that they had seen him honestly i think people just don't want to say things because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble somehow you know definitely wouldn't surprise me people just don't like to report stuff because they don't want to get involved they don't want to feel like being pinned on them he definitely headed back home i do see that he made it home but I don't feel like he left his umbrella at the garbage. Now, he shows me he would have never done that. He may have left it by the door or closer to the place of living, but never near a garbage. And he shows me that that garbage was pretty stinky. Well, do we know who put that umbrella over there if it wasn't Ryan? <sighs> well, he's getting really worked up. He gets to a point where he's extremely uncomfortable talking about it, and I'm trying my hardest to figure it out. I keep seeing that he does not approach strangers. In fact, he runs from them. So I'm seeing that he knew this person pretty well. Perhaps not an everyday interaction, but he shows me that this guy had an interest in something he genuinely loved. I see him giving him a pack of something. I can't determine what kind of pack it is, but perhaps maybe like a Pokemon cards or baseball cards. I'm not 100% sure. With this type of community, Pokemon or like Dungeons and Dragons or magic cards are really big or those like Beyblades and stuff. Interesting. Thank you. Good to note. Now, is he having a hard time communicating with you because he doesn't really know you? I know earlier when we were talking about it, he doesn't like strangers or anyone that he doesn't really know. You know what? I, I didn't think of that big possibility because I did have a hard time connecting with him originally. And he started to take me on a little adventure. He showed me that his sister was his life. She was his babysitter. He thought she was the most beautiful human in the world. She never treated him badly. Even when he got in trouble, she would always come to his rescue and try to help him out. You know, coaxed his mom out of punishing him, whatever she could. He will communicate with her quite often and he sends her things. He keeps referencing a chalkboard and chalk. Not sure if that has anything to do with her specifically, but his visions are at his home. And I'm trying hard to get him to focus. Well, maybe we'll come to that person who may have took him or hurt him a little later. Now, does he indicate if this person was a male or female? Was it one person, two people? He tells me it's one man for sure. Quite slender. He feels like he weighs more than him. So he kind of indicated he was heavy. He's tall and he says he's old, but like who knows what that means. Definitely older than his mother, though. He says that the man had conversation with his mother and his sister and the past. So perhaps somebody close to home. He shows me that this person did not live at the building or even in the vicinity, but they knew him for some odd reason. Now, does Ryan reference how he passed on? When I ask him how he died, he shows me that the person he was hanging out with was not responsible for his death. However, he shows me he needed to go to the hospital and he didn't get to go. My own personal feeling on this as to what I pick up without having to communicate with Ryan is that the person may have had been a pedophile for sure. Definitely someone who enjoyed the company of minors. I do not feel like this person physically injured Ryan, but from what Ryan shows me, he may have been overstimulated of some sorts. 
I'm thinking he wanted to go home or he was in a manic state, but I truly believe that Ryan may have had a seizure that went untreated. And because this person was afraid to step forward because of many different factors here, he refused to take him to the hospital. Now, from what I gather as well, Ryan wasn't able to just take himself either. So this man felt like his hands were tied and he decided to allow him to die rather than getting any sort of medical assistance. Probably because he felt like he was going to get questioned at the hospital. Like, why do you have this child? Pretty much. Do you think that he's on the like sex registry at all? Like, I think it would be a good idea if we can run through that area to see if there's any registered offenders over there. I do feel like he's on a registry for a minor charge in comparison to what he deserves at this time. Do you feel any sort of occupation for this guy? Zero. The only thing I'm feeling is that he makes some sort of money to support himself, like um, a connection to something ice cream truck related. I'm not sure if this was where he worked or not. There's still a lot of unanswered questions that I cannot get, and I am trying my absolute hardest. Is there anything Ryan may have told you that may be standing out? He keeps thinking everyone is mad at him, and I keep telling him that nobody has been angry at him whatsoever. In fact, if anything, they're throwing, you know, parties and celebrating him and loving him and doing everything they can to represent him. Everyone loves him and misses him so much. He does show me that all he wanted to do was come home and hang out with his family. His family was big on playing games, and he really wanted to go home and play games with his family. Now, he keeps showing me that this person also was interested in playing games with him, maybe kept him occupied for a while. Now, he did show me that he had seen this person placing his umbrella very carefully by the garbage, and like he showed me he kind of freaked out about that, but dude distracted him. Anyways, this person knew he was trying to make it seem like Ryan was hiding, obviously, because he knew him. He also shows me that this person had a very high, nice car. It was clean, had leather seats. He's showing me tinted windows as well and four doors and it was all white. Now, was Ryan in the car for a long time? He shows me he was in the car for a very long time, but it was because they were getting food online. He waited in the car. He didn't want to, but the guy told him that he had to wait in the car if he wanted to have a surprise. But I'm not sure if it could have been pizza. He shows me he didn't like the food that was originally bought for him because it wasn't his preference. So they ended up having to get him more food, but he had the food delivered to his home the second time around. It's very hard to distinguish if this man was in an apartment or a building. Ryan shows me he was looking outside when they got to his home and it looked high up, but I don't know. Maybe it was just that he was a really tall house. He shows me that no one else was around. Unfortunately, with these individuals, very hard to tell perception. Now, does Ryan have a distinction of maybe how long he was alive. I'm not seeing a time frame that was a large amount of time, maybe a week, maybe two weeks max. He does show me that this guy made a lot of promises, some sort of, you know, PS5 video games. This guy would make a lot of promises and distractions. And I do feel like 
he wasn't able to physically sexually assault him, which is really good because Ryan was going to be sexually assaulted if he had stayed alive. He had a bed in there for him. The bed looked like he had a child there previously. I'm not entirely sure, though. I'm not sure if it was his own kid or whatnot. I guess I'm going to have to spend some time with Ryan with seeing if he gets more comfortable with me as we go through this journey to fill in these gaps. Definitely a good idea. Now, if we could get your help, we would appreciate it. We are trying to get to know Ryan. Unfortunately, we really don't know much about him. So if there is any sort of toys or like those cards we were indicating earlier or anything he was into, that would be pretty significant to him besides this umbrella. Please let us know so we can try to coax him into communicating. Absolutely. I find with kids, especially kids that are difficult to connect to, they like toys. So if I get something that is really, really significant to him and I can kind of lure him because he specifically likes toys, I think it would really work out. And it's like, you know, his thing. Anyway, I tried to communicate with other spirits around him, but I wasn't able to determine if there were any other spirits other than this Connor spirit, which he wouldn't let me see him other than the fact that he had blonde hair and it looks like he was about two or three years old. Totally unsure though. It's almost as if he prefers to be on his own, at least at this age. It's not uncommon for him to have not crossed over. It's also not a bad thing either. And I want people to know that. Like, I know... It's kind of stressful when, when people have not crossed over, but it does happen. And it's basically up to Ryan. He's not hurting or anything. As soon as he lets go and goes up, he'll cross over. But until then, he's decided to kind of stick it out. I think he's looking for some sort of closure as well. Hmm, I'm not sure. I really believe that the autistic side of him will be there much less when he crosses over. And perhaps he won't have such a childlike demeanor. Do you guys remember the episode of Selena Mays? Yeah, the pregnant girl that had vanished into thin air. And the church had something to do with it, right? Yes, that's the one. She loves kids. And she's very interested in trying to communicate with Ryan to see if she can get any sort of anything from him. She's another spirit that hangs out in the background. She's a very smart girl and likes to communicate with kid spirits. So if I have any updates, I will give you guys one. And hopefully I'll be able to connect with Ryan again at some point. I'm surprised Eileen didn't try to offer her services. She is not a fan of kids. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything other than not having the patience for that. Let's make some threats. Let's kick some ass. She has no interest in communicating with children in any manner. That is why she sticks with dead psychopaths. She does want to connect to Jeffrey Dahmer at some point, but we'll see how that goes. Holy crap. Well, next week, guys, we will be connecting with Duke Flores. Very high profile case. Somebody that has been wanting to connect with Liz for a while now. Yes, thankfully Duke has tried to communicate with me in the past and we're finally getting time to spend some time together. His energy is very captivating. Well, guys, just one more update for you guys before we go when it comes to Ryan. Just minutes before we were about to record this episode, I had decided to do my own digging into the case for a couple of things surrounding Ryan. I was talking to Liz about this trial that's coming up. So Landon was talking about the trial and he started to smile at me and Landon was going on and on about it. And it hit me. This kid is smart. He wanted to help his mother with the lawsuit, which is why he's focusing more on the school side of things. Absolutely, guys. 
Now that does not surprise me. It definitely doesn't. Why wouldn't he want to focus on the school side? Because it was the school's responsibility to watch him. And they allowed him to walk out that door. And I don't blame the mother. I think she deserves everything for that. Until next time, guys, though, stay freaked out. Oh.